All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the Scope Podcast. We are RegalRadio.com. We are Regal Radio on Anchor. You are listening to Brothers at War. We are ready for war always. This is Kyle Beans, executive um, editorial, executive editorial director. Editorial director, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, We are RegalRadio.com. And I'm with my main man, the reason why we're here for the Interscope Podcast, Joshua Hicks, our lead columnist on our website, wearerigoradio.com, as well as uh, just an all-around thoughtful thinker and uh, journalist uh, on the rise. Uh, glad to have you as always, Josh. And... Uh, you know, as, as you know, hopefully, you, if you listen to this, you listen to one of our previous episodes. And uh, if you don't get the gist yet of things, uh, we simply go into a little bit of, uh, you know, do some previewing of Josh's upcoming Endoscope podcast, uh, Endoscope column, which you can read on our website every Friday. And, um, you know, we just go into that a little bit, give you a little taste of that give you a little bit of his uh, examination of the subject matter and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about that and maybe uh, one or two other things that are on our minds, uh, you know, either related to that topic or just anything that's going on in the world of sports and entertainment and and so forth. But uh, Josh, man, this week uh, you, you told me that you're looking into the, the big baller brand uh, sort of controversy that's going on now with LeVar Ball and uh, uh, his sons and uh, their brand there that they tried to establish and I guess technically it's still alive but it seemed to be uh, looking at the, at the death of a dynasty here it looks like as uh, you know the Ball, the Ball family is sort of coming to some uh, you know, a couple bumps, real big bumps in the road with their brand. Uh, explain to our audience what's what's all that about. Yeah, man, Big Baller brand is taking a huge hit with uh, Lonzo Ball losing one and a half million dollars from his personal business accounts. And based off that, according to ESPN and many reports, uh, the business manager of Big Baller brand and the co-founder, Alan Foster, um, has been the one that's been uh, stealing the money, and because of that, it, because of that, Alonzo Ball has officially. It looks like he's officially cutting ties with the family brand, and I hate that he has to go through that because um, even though Lamar Ball is the loud mouth, crazy dad with the crazy predictions that many media outlets and many people that cover the sports realm really dislike. Um, he was smart. He was really smart in trying to create a brand for his not just for himself, for his family, for his kids. And it's very clear that at one point in time, his kids really believed in that mission. Um, Lonzo Ball had a huge contract with Nike when, or he had a huge con- contract lined up for Nike uh, as he was getting drafted into the league. But he turned that down to stay with the family, and he wanted to continue to support the family business, but. All this shows you is you need to trust. You need to watch who you trust when it comes to running your operations within your business. Um, if Lavar Ball did in history, I don't know for sure if I would have hired Alex Foster, the co-founder and the business 
seven years before he came out. And when he came out, LeVar Ball instantly gave him this, gave, gave him this job. So I would have done my research behind who I want to run and operate my business around. Because that's the difference between having a business with Big Ball branding and the situation that they go through. And having another business like LeBron James with Uninterrupted and the different show and different uh, businesses that he created and built and worked through with his agent and with his boys. They do things, uh, there's a whole other different type of protocol that they follow when it, uh, compare, when you compare those two, those two different types of brands. And because of that, it's shown. Um, the, 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 the vast differences are just shown dramatically as far as how operations go with uninterrupted, who's in charge, and who are they uh, surrounding through compared to Big Ball the brand where everything is LeVar Ball and then the kids come after and you don't know anyone else really that's running those operations and it leads to something like this to possibly occur. So I would, so the biggest thing is never bash LeVar Ball even though no matter, even, you know, no matter the fact that you said all these crazy outlandish things. You can never bash LeVar Ball for creating a brand for himself and for his family and it's a brand that his family supports. It's just unfortunate that you also have to figure out and remember, you gotta be able to trust the people that you put in your circle that are running the operations for you. And Alan Foster to me would not be one of those guys to do that. So it's an unfortunate hit, but we should not bash LeVar Ball for doing what he's doing because at the end of the day, it's a family business. Family comes first. And for a black man to come out into this type of market and promote a brand or promote a business that others have supported, that's the biggest thing that we should take as in front of our African-American community. We should be able to support black-owned business. And within those black-owned businesses, um, as we support them, we just we also have to make sure we do our research as far as trusting the people that, and that are in these type of positions to help improve the brand the way it's supposed to and not have situations like this happen again. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you in for the most part with everything that you say. And I think I would say going backwards from your points uh, with LeVar with supporting black businesses, I would say you know, we a lot of people did did support Lavar and Big Baller Brand off the strength of him, like you say, being an independent black man and uh, trying to take a claim in a very competitive field that has mostly been run by whites and other ethnicities off the, the strengths and efforts efforts of black uh, athletes. So this was a, a signaling of something different and something that you could be prideful in as a black person because you saw this man taking control of his own, of his, of him, him and his family's own brand and imagery and and their narrative and everything like that. And now, like you said, for, as far as not being able to bash him, like I, I haven't been a LeVar Ball basher. There's been times where I just haven't wanted to discuss the the subject because he's he became a lightning rod and so many people became I think overly emotional about protecting him when I think at the at the same time he's always been worthy of a certain discourse and a certain uh, you know a certain uh, critical uh, you know, critical analysis 
you know, not necessarily bashing him for who he is and who, who his personality was, but because a lot of that was fun. A lot of that was, I thought, was needed in, in the media sphere and the media, uh, you know, uh, like the media environment that we have right now. He brought a lot of interesting things and fun things, and, and a lot of it was a performance. It, you can you can tell obviously it's a performance. It wasn't nothing to be taken too seriously. But when you look at when we look at the story now and how it's unraveling, you know it was really on him as a person who was gaining the platform that he was and gaining the responsibility he that he was gaining as a person who was bringing uh, bringing products to market. That he should have, like I said, he should have did the knowledge better with who he was associating with, and did more to, uh, did more to solidify their actual instead of solidifying the brand and the marketing of it, the, the promotion of it, solidifying the actual business and how it was going to bring these shoes to market, these shoes and these clothes and everything, because a lot of people. Who invested in Big Baller brand and who bought these shoes uh, still don't have the shoes, and that's just that's negligent, and that's something that shouldn't be promoted at all. No matter what your skin color is, and no matter what type of narrative you're trying to push uh, in, for self determination or whatever, if I buy some five hundred dollar shoes from you, and 12, 12, 18 months later I still don't have them, I'm gonna be pissed off. No matter who you are. And right. so, so right. with that, no, with those, uh, yeah. yeah. With that said, this, you know, I don't root for the the downfall of Big Baller Brand, not at all. Especially given that this is a family operation, but this is something that we, a lot of people, could see coming. And it's, it's you know, unfortunately, if it has to be. Um, if it has to be a sort of tale, cautionary tale for other people who may want to take on these sorts of endeavors as they, uh, as you know, as other athletes grow up, if they have families and people who they want to do things with, you know, maybe that's just what what the big baller brand legacy needs to be as a cautionary tale more than anything else. I think this I, personally, I think this all could have been avoided if they licensed that brand and that name to a bigger company that was actually like Nike that would have been capable of bringing Lonzo in and providing them a corporate structure that would have allowed them to market themselves and market a brand that would have made them a lot of money and still made them relevant and not at the prey of shysters like you know this Alan Foster guy so that's that's what I got to say on that no, right, you, you made a very good made a very good point. And I think um, if anything, this actually relieves pressure off of Lonzo Ball. Because now he can be his own self. Sure. I feel like I feel like Lock was being under the big ball of brand, even though he's supporting his father's business supporting the father and family business. LeVar was making these uh, crazy claims saying that you know, Lonzo Ball's the best ever, he's gonna hang his jersey in the rafters, he's gonna um, be a Hall of Famer. He, LeBron James needs him to win championships and all that and all the different uh, crazy uh, outlandish comments. It kind of put pressure, a lot of pressure on Lonzo Ball to perform at a high level that we ourselves may not even know. We don't know yet for sure that they can even actually live up to that hype. Yeah. So it put a lot of pressure on him for him to succeed on the court and with him 
uh, constantly getting injured, can't stay healthy, can't stay on the court. Um, he, and, and not to mention, he's already still dealing, he's, he still can't shoot the ball efficiently. And going through all these different uh, offensive uh, struggles, you have to question his um, his talent as far as um, is it really him? can he actually continue to improve on his game and just focus on basketball yeah. and not have to worry about what his father's doing? Like that's out of the question. I think now that he's out of the Nick Muller brand, he's moved on from it to where now he can be his own man. He can brand himself and like and utilize his own brand. And to combine it with Big Baller brand in the ways that you mentioned, from a more corporate standpoint, instead of uh, everything else that's incorporated with it, I, I just think the family show with Facebook and Big Baller brand in general just so much put so much pressure on him, and more, more specifically, his father put so much pressure on him to perform that he's always in the spotlight that he may not even want to be in. And things take time, and it takes time for young athletes, especially at 18, 19 years old, coming out of college or their first year, to really excel and get established in the league. Yeah. And we kind of rush that because of the fact that his father making these claims and putting that extra pressure on him. So I think, if anything else, one of the positives out of this situation, besides the fact that obviously, um, you know, besides besides all the negative situations that happen. Is the positive thing we can look at that now he can be his own man. He can sign him with whomever he wants to, and whoever he does sign with, it's not a lot of pressure on him to live up to the family name because Big Ball the brand isn't as public anymore as you know the other brand that he signs with, which I'm pretty sure memories, which I believe is being reported that it looks it's looking like it's Nike. And if Nike does sign him, that's that's a good that's a good company for him. A uh, very credible shoe uh, company, and they have the support of many big time athletes like LeBron James on his team that can help guide him into being the man that he wants to be on his own, and he can do it on his own terms. So, I, if anything, I'm just glad that Lonzo Ball now has this pressure off of them to where next year, depending on how the season goes and who they get this off season, whomever he plays for. Um, he can actually go out there and just ball and not have to worry about all the outside noise that comes along with being in the ball or big ball the brand family business. Yeah, and a lot of what you say there with the impact of Lonzo and, and having to uphold a lot of uphold a lot of what uh, his father thrust upon him. You know, like that sort of gets to the human side of this story. And you know, like I said before, the the human side of the story for me uh, involving, you know, Lonzo and his father and his brothers and their whole relationship. You know, I just hope that all this that's going on doesn't have a negative, doesn't do anything to fracture their relationship permanently, you know, or even, you know, for, for a short time, you know, because I think there's a lot you can, we can identify, I think, as young men with this story with Lonzo as in regards to you know, coming up and having a father who who uh, has a lot of hope in you, and he, you know, Lonzo was the breakthrough guy. He was the guy who was gonna the the ball brand was gonna build itself off of and try to make itself, uh, you know, a, a world a worldwide phenomenon and stuff based off of Lonzo's play initially. Then the other brothers were gonna follow follow through and and really solidify it after that. 
but it hasn't happened the way that I think any of them may have imagined back when they were still just playing uh, in in their uh, their yard in Chino Hills or whatever. You know, it's, there's been a lot more difficulty that's come about. And I think, as like I said, as young men, I think we all recognize a point in our lives, you know, with our fathers where we have to become our own men and and not just be so-and-so's son. And then, like you say, this is the point where uh, where Lonzo has to become Lonzo Ball and not Lonzo Ball, comma, the ball ball son. And if, if he can do that, I think as he gets out, as he gets out further from the shadow of his father, you know, hopefully it'll lead to them having a better understanding of each other and what each, like each other wants in life. And you can have that sort of growing of, a, of an adult relationship that, you know, that we can have with our fathers as, as we become men and, you know, they're, you know, them as men know that they can respect us as men as well and you know so I just hope that that's the case with them and I hope too that the the younger brothers can you know find their way and they, they don't have to be you know they don't have to be so beholden to uh, being involved with the big ball of brand too and they get their chance to do their own thing I mean we look at the youngest one the youngest one has talent too he could play and he got wrapped up with this whole thing where he should be just playing at a high school right now, solidifying himself as a top college, uh, you know, college recruit. But instead, he's at—I think he's at that place in Ohio that he's playing, and it's like people probably him having any chance to play in NCAA may be up in the air because of what they're doing, and it's like you know he, he could have had a much smoother path for things. That, that he's had so far as well and it's like you know if, if the balls produce wind up producing two pro players out of three boys that's going to be a great you know a, a great success and a great legacy could be built off that but if they you know they made it harder on themselves for that to happen and they're lucky at this point that Lonzo is, still does have a career ahead of him in the NBA and that uh, you know there's something that that can still result of this that can make the ball main representative of something rather than a bit of a failed business. Right. Uh, yeah, anything else you want to say on that on that front, or you just just uh, want us to read read more that you got on Friday? Uh, yeah, with this situation, just you just highlighted all the points up as far as. Basically, the success of the Ball family and how successful it already is now and how it can be if it just, if LeBar just lets the boys be themselves. Um, even in, 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 I know you talked about uh, LaMelo, the youngest one, yeah, uh, doing, going the route that he's doing. You can make the argue the same case for Jello. Um, although Jello, if, I know Jello messed up in China with UCLA, but he could have just transferred to another Division One school yeah. or just took the suspension. Like he's supposed to, and stay with UCLA and grow and mature, and just come back at it next season. Right. To where, to where he could have basically revived himself. Um, he may not be a legit NBA player, but if he continued to grow like Lonzo did, like um, like Lonzo did in college, maybe he could play in the G League, or maybe he could play professionally overseas somewhere on a more long-term type of commitment instead of going off in the routes that you know they've been 
across that end that, that was created by Lamar. So, um, I just think at this point now that, that one of the, that's, that's just one of the positive things we just have to continue to highlight on is that the now lines will be its own person. And hopefully it's opened up the door for the other two young boys to be their own person as well as they continue to grow as young men under LeVar and just allow LeVar to be just the regular father that he needs to be in supporting his sons in the, in the mission and, you know, in the routes they want to do. You know, uh, before we move on from this, was, you know, what, <laughs> with, if you if you were Lonzo, why, why not just let LeBron adopt you? Since you're already on the same team, in the same city, you know, he's got the L in his name. You know, he could, he could be. I don't know. I don't know what Bronny would like that though. You know, Bronny's probably used to getting all the attention <laughs> in LeBron's family. That would be that be kind of bogus if Lonzo. Yeah, if I was Lonzo, I would do it definitely. Right. Right. Be Ball and Bronny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. They, exactly. And yeah, they, they they'll be running the Lakers in, in about ten years. Yeah. For real. And they, they can still find a role for Levar. I mean, Levar can be their PRF. Le- if they really wanted to. Levar could be their version of Clipper Johnny, or Clipper Daryl. I mean. <laughs> he could, can. yeah, he could be that Clifford Darrell. That could be a wise bro. But uh, that, yeah, that's yeah. It's yeah, listen. We wish the balls the, the best luck. To, uh, keep bouncing, as I like to say. And uh, yeah, man. Uh, as we move on, man. Anything else that's on your on your mind as as we look at this week? Uh, just continuing to watch this playoff race. OKC at one point was talking about having them making the playoffs. Now they're fighting for the eighth spot. Yeah. And the races are getting real tight in the East. Orlando Magic got the upper hand right now, which is something not many people expected. Yeah. So there's a lot of different shakeups coming up in this playoffs now, especially now that we know for sure LeBron's not going to be in it. And it's, it's going to be a very competitive playoff race. So I'm looking forward to paying attention to those eight spots, those eighth and final spots, to see who's going to get in. prefer because like like uh let's go let's start with the east because uh you know that's pretty there, there's still a, a couple teams that are involved there the the hornets actually are still alive too but it seems like uh, it's coming down to orlando and miami so you got two different things that you got orlando the upstart team and you have miami who's sending off d-wade so what, what would you prefer in that spot Wait 
Marquette, his alma mater, and where his journey really started. So to be able to play against that type of team in a seven-game series, I think will be so ideal for Dwayne uh, Wade to end his career off. Um, but like you mentioned, I wouldn't be mad if Orlando's in it either because Orlando's been playing great up and up. You know, he's an upcoming team on the rise, and and their all-star center Vucevic has been playing phenomenally. And combining that with the elevated guard play of Jonathan Isaac and the and the many different players that they got over there, you know, they're becoming an exciting team to watch. Yeah. So I would prefer Miami, but I wouldn't be mad if Charlotte or um, Orlando take that A spot because either way goes, I think they're going to give at least the Bucks a run for their money, and, and you know, a little bit of a run for their money. Yeah, and the Bucks dealing with some injuries. You got. You know, Brogdon uh, went down, and it's going to be he'll, – he'll, he's definitely going to miss the first round. And I know, uh, you know, uh, Nikola uh, suffered an injury as well. I don't know what his uh, – had to look back at, into that. But, you know, that's – Milwaukee, you know, and which would suck because I love Milwaukee, but, you know, they, they look a little more uh, ripe for an upset than they did uh, a week or two ago. And I, I agree with you. I'd rather see – of the of the possible situation, I'd rather see the way uh, Dwayne Wade uh, have one more playoff series at least, uh, be at, be able to play one more playoff series. Uh, uh, and but like I said, if Miami somehow didn't make it, you know, having Orlando, you know, they Orlando could use the, <laughs> a playoff series. They've really suffered through a lot of uh, you know irrelevant basketball in recent years, and so it'd be nice to see them make some sort of breakthrough there. And with the Hornets, they could states could be high for the Hornets because, you know, they they got Kemba Walker that they're going to be one to try to bring back uh, in the summer. And I would think if he fails yet again to make the playoffs in that city, he may be looking to, you know, go bye bye. And he may be you'd think he'd be more likely to leave if that was the case, as opposed to if he was able to get them in the playoffs this year so uh, they'll be interesting and going back to the west real quick before we go yeah that that's gonna be a hell of a thing man if, if we i know it's tight the race there from eight to five um that's gonna be a hell of a thing if oklahoma somehow does not make the playoffs you know what do you think are the chances that they fall out of the of the, of the top eight in, entirely a high chance, actually, and the reason why is because Westbrook's not shooting the ball, even though he's never been a great shooter. It seems like um, recently he's becoming more of the Russell Westbrook that we know compared to the Russell Westbrook that he needs to be. Um, yeah. The reason why they became so successful in the beginning was because of the fact that he deferred to Paul George and he let Paul George be himself. Yeah. And by allowing him to be himself, he that's he became that he started having career highs and points, rebounds, assists, steals, and basically making himself uh, a candidate in every major category you can think of when it comes to the MVP, Most Improved Player, Defensive Player of the Year awards. So Paul George is really living up to his name and really bringing the Oklahoma City Thunder on the scale that it needs to be at. But when you have Russell Westbrook shooting over 25, 30 shots a game, and he's very inconsistent. He's shooting under 40% from the field each of the games. He's not even shooting 30% from the, from the three-point line, I don't think, this year. 
So when you have all those things happening at once, and Russell Westbrook obviously being the player that he is with the hyper competitiveness, um, the attitudes, emotional swings, it plays a, it plays a huge role in the way your team operates, especially if you're the main leader on that team. And combining with that, along with Paul George not really being fully healthy with that shoulder injury, I just think that with the and I and I believe at the same time they have the third toughest schedule remaining out for the rest of the season. So combining all those struggles combined with a tough schedule, it's very little room for them to breathe in order to make mistakes and still make it in the playoffs, especially in the Western Conference. And I think with everyone else, with the surrounding teams around them actually playing at a high level still, there's a very likely chance that they could not be in the playoffs next year. And, it, and that really opens up the question of, I know Russell Westbrook got this big contract, you didn't sign it long term, but where do you go with dealing with him? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would think they're pretty much stuck with him and, and George as a pair, and that's that looks, interestingly enough, to be a, a pair, uh, comparable situation to where, they, where that franchise was um, maybe two or uh, three or four years ago when you had them trying to look towards a future with Russ and Durant, and there was still issues about how those two uh, mold mold as uh, top guys in that franchise and um, at, at, the, at the time you had a different culture and I think the culture is an issue too I think Donovan may be a serviceable enough coach but I don't think he's going to be the guy who would take that franchise to a championship I, I just don't see that I don't think he's that good right. at, at least on a pro level he's not that good but uh, you know you, like I said it's, it's just they did an amazing job of, of maintaining him, uh, Russell, along and, and getting a, another top-flight guy with him and re- recovering, as it were, from losing the KD to the Golden State. But it seems like, like yeah, it just really is happening so sudden because, like you say, uh, you know, PG was, like, people were saying, like, it was a three-man MVP race, like, a month ago month or so ago and since then like it's just been this crazy fall off and you know for them to not make the playoff would be a, a big time uh, a big time setback for, for Oklahoma City but at the same time if they can rally you know I think if, if, if there's one spot you want to be in the playoffs right now in the Western Conference it'll be the fifth fifth spot because uh, it looks like the top four is holding is holding steady at least the, the teams up there if not the the order so if you're if you're looking at that fifth spot you may you you likely right now be taking on Portland and Portland is very weak right now after the, the devastating injury to Nurkic right. so and, and 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 also they have like a 10 game losing streak in the playoffs which is amazing so if I would want to face anybody in the West in the first round, it'd be Portland. And, um, you know, if if Oklahoma City can somehow get to that fifth spot, or whoever gets that fifth spot, I, I would say I think they would be a favorite over Portland, if, you know, despite not having the home court advantage. So, yeah, right. that would definitely be interesting to see there in the West. And, and uh, uh, right quick, too, going to the top of the West, um, Denver and Golden State in the in the tough fight 
for first first place in, in the West and home court advantage. But last year, it didn't make it ended up not making a difference for Golden State. Do you think it'll make a difference this year if Denver gets the number one seed as opposed to uh, Golden State? I think it depends on how it finishes off between the five and eight spots. Um, because, quite frankly, if Golden State Let's just say Denver does take that first pick and go to that first uh, scene, and Golden State is number two. I would actually love to see a Golden State Warriors versus Oklahoma City Thunder uh, matchup series, and that can be a very competitive series to where they, you know, they, I think the Warriors slowly get their act together. They can easily play through. Um, when you play against if the Utah Jazz are in that position, they're very, they're playing very well and very strong right now, and. You can never count off the Spurs. If this with anything that any any Spurs team with Greg Popovich is always going to be competitive. So, out of those three teams that make that as of right now currently sit between the six and eight spot, I probably wouldn't want to face either one of them. But if I had to choose, it probably wouldn't be OKC just because they're struggling right now. And that's a and that's a matchup for me when you have Kevin Durant versus Russell Westbrook for seven straight games. That's comedy TV. Hmm. So, um, it's something that I would love to watch, but if I'm going to State, any of those three teams at the bottom, I wouldn't trust any of them, because they can get hot, each, each one can get hot quickly, and each of them have a history where, when they are on it, they're very tough to defeat, they're very tough to win against. Okay. Alright, well, let's leave it at that, man. Yeah, it gave you a little taste of, uh, our, our, our uh, Running with War podcast there with some of the NBA talk. We're, we're going to get back with another one of those real soon. Try to get one of those before the playoffs start. So listen out for that, y'all. But uh, right now, this is the Endoscope podcast. We're wrapping it up for this week. Thanks again to Joshua Hicks. And uh, look out for his upcoming column on the Ball family and the Big Baller brand this Friday on WeAreRegalRadio.com. Listen out for... Everything you hear from us, War on Anchor, uh, we're pretty much on every uh, podcast platform right now, including Spotify. So if you like to listen podcasts on Spotify, uh, search for War on Anchor, and you will find us there now. We're also, of course, on Apple, Google Podcasts, everywhere, man. Check us out and uh, give us some love and support. Rate us if you if your platform allows you to rate, and uh, yeah. Definitely show us some love and we'll show it right back. So uh, for Josh Hicks, this is Kyle Means. We'll be back uh, on on the flip side with you next week. Keep bouncing. All right.